Welcome back to the latest episode of Nerd Out. This is the discussion. This is the podcast where I always mess up the opening and just decide to roll with it and go along with it. But this is the podcast where we talk with some people across the industry about what's going on in their respective areas and about some of the latest security trends and patterns. This is part of our overall Gate 15 podcast, so we're we're glad you joined it with us. This is a particularly special one. It's always one I look forward to every year. It's it's hard to believe we've been doing these podcasts for so long, but I've got Joe Levy with us, and I've got Bridget Johnson with us, and this is November is always the month we get into some of the holiday festivities, whether it's security-related, and then we do some fun stuff at the end, so we're going to do both of that today. Um, but... Joe and Bridget, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. I have to say, though, right off the bat, that was a really good introduction. Like, you just rolled right through that. So I don't want to jinx it for next month, but you set the bar a little bit higher now. I I, I just, when I start messing up, I just, like, go full board, Dave. Just go keep plowing through. You'll get through it. Just go. And and maybe nobody will notice. So that that was good. Bridget, what did you think? It was a good opening or what? It was a good opening, and it's excellent to be back for such a nerdy holiday tradition. This is such a fun, nerdy holiday tradition. So let's get into things, everybody. Um, I do want to start off as... Uh, let's start off with a simple one. You know, what are you guys looking at right now in your respective areas? What are some of the things that are on your radar from a security standpoint? Bridget, let's start with you. Well, you know, a lot of uh, the security sphere right now is is really consumed by, you know, what's happening um, in Israel and and um, and also in Gaza. And um, but it, what's been really interesting to watch from the homeland perspective is that um, domestic violent extremists um, are total Hamas fanboys now. Um, they are just, you know, uh, loving the cohesion that's among the um, Hamas group. Um, they are loving the tactics. Um, you see a lot of memes now with like the the paraglider coming in to, you know, stage an attack. Um, they love the uh, mission that, you know, Hamas is, um, you know, says that they're, they're fighting for a Palestinian homeland. Um, and so that the uh, domestic extremists relate that to their own mission of, you know, trying to fight for a white homeland or a white only United States, et cetera. Um, they love the uh, terror group's execution of, you know, laying out their goals and um, going forward with it and, you know, conducting that, you know, horrendous attack on October 7th um, because, you know, you, you have a lot of conversations online between DVEs, you know, where they talk about, you know, what they want to do to accelerate, what they want to do to to move on to those next steps to, you um, you know, conduct attacks against Jews, against Blacks, against, um, you know, uh, migrants, etc. Um, and that's usually followed by a lot of criticism, um, finger pointing of each other about, oh, you know, why are you all just keyboard warriors? You know, why are you sitting on your hands and not going forward and, and conducting some of these attacks and, you know, moving forward with acceleration and, um, you know, moving forward with, um, attacks to, to further the white race, et cetera, et cetera. So they see Hamas um, acting out on their ambitions. And um, there's just, you know, a lot of 
a lot of uh a lot of bro love, you know, going on around the, uh, the, 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 the DVU circles right now. You see a little bit of dissent among them about, hey, you know, why are we lauding these guys? Because they're not white Europeans. Um, but that tends to be kind of overridden by the others. Um, this, and it ranges, you know, from mild praise to actively promoting Hamas social media and making memes depicting Hamas and Nazis as allies, uh, you know, striving together towards total Jewish death, as they call it. So um, it's, it's, it's not an unexpected development because, you know, I've talked on past shows about how, you know, I've even seen these guys fanboy ISIS um, mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, being allies and, and anti-Semitism, et cetera. Um, but um, it, it's 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 something that that could serve as a definite motivating factor um, for a lot of these guys. So it's it's definitely something to watch. Yeah, I, I do find this very interesting. This is an extremely hot topic, obviously, for a lot of different reasons. But it is amazing. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? I mean, isn't that the old saying? And you have done a tremendous amount of reporting on this over the years and on this podcast where you've talked about a lot of that taking from one to use another. It will be interesting to see if some of these tactics do find their ways into um, you know, the, the domestic violent extremism groups and, and some of their discussion points. So great, great, great opening there for you, Bridget. Uh, Joe, what about you? What are you, some of the things that's on your hot button? You're in the heart of a lot of the major of a major metropolitan area. What, what's, what's it look like from your vantage point? Yeah, we're seeing a lot of, um, assembly marches, protests, um, so far inside the arena, it's been, it's been, Pretty good. Um, most people are respectful. Um, we are. We are. Uh, we are support people's uh, you know right to free speech. And um, as long and at certain events, we've allowed people to bring in uh, a respectful size sign or a banner when appropriate, as long as it was you know uh, you know you could bring in an Israeli flag that was fine. You could bring a Palestinian flag that was fine. But you can't bring stuff in that's like hate speech. You know no kill the Jews or kill Hamas, like you know, both sides of that. We wanted things, you know, uh, present your respectful support of something versus it being a hate speech. Uh, we are seeing a lot of um, assembly. We're seeing uh, a couple of weeks ago, we just had probably uh, 10,000 person strong marching from um, the museum up past Barclay Center where they stopped for a moment and then they continued on over the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, that was a sight to see, you know, 10,000 people walking together uh, that was a pro-Palestine uh, march, uh, but it was interesting. There were, you know, all, you know, races, creeds, religions marching. Uh, certainly see a lot of pro-Israel uh, gatherings. And um, for the most part, from my vantage point, what I have seen has been peaceful. Um, you know, the, the conflict is terrible, um, you know, irrespective of who you support in this thing. There are a lot of people and a lot of lives that are uh, affected forever. And there's lots of just pain. And uh, you know the conflict goes back far. Um, it's it's hard to find any one person who thinks that you know, or to find two people who think it started the same way. Uh, so we're we're trying to uh, let people voice their uh, their their concerns when they come here outside. Inside, we want to of course have the event. We want to have the game, et cetera. 
Yeah, I find it very interesting because that's a great perspective, Joe, because I think when if you were to only get your news, like some people do, from social media or from some of these online platforms, you would think that every protest and demonstration is some wild anarchist uh you know, burning down flags and burning down people in effigy and all this other stuff. And and frankly, it's good to get that perspective of what you're seeing is largely peaceful. I, I'm sure there's incidents here and there, and there's obviously some scuttlebutt here and there. But, you know, to, just to know that the whole world is not crumbling around them at every point in time, based on what social media is saying, is interesting. So I, I can appreciate that perspective for sure. I think one of the things that I've, I've just been trying to talk to as many people as possible about is just being mindful from a security perspective. It's like, look, whether you are on one side or the other or completely neutral, you have to be alert and aware of what going on around you and what that could mean to your organization and more importantly to your customers or employees uh, and whatnot. And it added to take that mindfulness approach. So, uh, well, that's a good good start and opening round. So what we're going to do is a little something different, and then we're going to get into our annual holiday fee. So for this, in the spirit of the holidays, I wanted to do, and I'm, I'm kind of taken from one of our other podcasts, the Security Sprint podcast, where I go through two rounds of topics. But I'm going to do a special two rounds of themes here. And in the spirit of the holidays, my question to you both is rather simple, is what are some holiday reminders, short holiday reminders that you could give? We'll go one round each and then we'll go a second round. And and uh, I'll start because it's I'm hosting. I want to just set the example for everybody. So I'll just say, be mindful of, of holiday scams while Black Friday is in next Friday. We're recording this on the 13th. Black Friday is a week from, well, it's 10 days or 11 days from now. Um, but the deals are happening already. And when there are deals, there's scams. And so there's a lot of great websites that you can look at. There's a lot of great tools you can look at when you're trying to get, um, you know, get that, that hot toy or hot gift uh, of the season. But please be mindful when you're doing that. Please search. If it's too good to be true, it likely is too good to be true, and you should be doing your checking. So that's my opening round, real short and to the point. Be wary of holiday scams. Bridget, what about you? What's a good security reminder for everybody? I would say that from mega events all the way down to like the smallest church craft fair, um, just be really mindful of access control. Ooh, um, it's crowded time. Um, you've got uh, some motivation for some potentially bad actors. And, you know, you've got more people coming into houses of worship than usually do come into, you know, they're kind of once a year you know, or, or coming in there. But, you know, you have to do that balance between being welcoming and having awareness of who is coming in. And it's not just houses of worship, you know, remember the Christmas market attack in Germany and just, um, just be aware that, that, that people get inspired by past attacks, that people get inspired by current events, um, and they see potential targets of opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. I mean, in a lot of respects, I mean, access is so hard in these type of avenues it's different for a place like joe you know you've got to establish building uh, and facility but in some of these open space markets or parks or recreational areas it, it 
it is hard to control those, but but uh, definitely need to be mindful of that and, and understanding of the, the various risks. So great one, Bridget. That's a good one to start on. Joe, where are you going with your first topic? I'm going to actually piggyback a little bit on what Bridget says. Uh, you know, be aware. I, I would go right to situational awareness. Uh, holiday time means travel. Tourists uh, either coming to your area or you going to some other area that you may not be completely familiar with. And uh, when you're in areas that you're not completely familiar with, uh, some bad actors might take advantage of that. You know, the person who comes up asking for directions or, you know, you're at the ATM with a gas pump or, you know, late night walking. Just, you know, pay attention to your surroundings. If you're, uh, if your spidey sense is tingling, trust that. Um, you know, you you want to you want to pay attention to, to behaviors, uh, not what the person looks like. So, you know, just be careful that you uh, check, you know, you don't have an unconscious bias about why you're nervous. But, uh, you know, staying inside the store longer or in your car longer or, you know what, go to a different place if you're not feeling comfortable. Uh, you know, keep your valuables in your front pockets, your purses in, you know, in, in a locked car. You know, don't pump your gas with your the other side door open and unlocked and things like that. Um, you know, cover your cover your keypad when you're getting cash out of the machine. You know, all those little things. Uh, just pay attention. Keep your head on a swivel. Look to see who's looking at you. Uh, things like that. Yeah, in fact, you took my second topic there, Joe, with that one. So that's that's really good. Yeah, you look, it's a big travel season. And it means whether you're going internationally or domestically or whatever, there's a lot of, you know, you take the proper precautions, learn about where you're going, what you're doing, uh, and all those things you just said, Joe, right on point there. Uh, so that was good. So that's a good, good opening uh, round topic here. So we're going to go round two now. So let's hit round two. So I, since Joe took my second, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go to my alternate topic here. It's really about winter weather preparedness. And and um, and I guess if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, it's summer weather preparedness. Um, but learning about the weather and making sure that you're, um, whether you are managing a facility, whether you're at home or going to work or wherever it is, taking the proper precautionary steps right now. I mean, this last weekend on the East Coast, was a beautiful weekend. We had a little chilly temperatures here and there, but for the most part, it was very glorious out of 60 degrees and in a lot of areas. That's not going to stay that way for much longer. And especially as we get closer to the holidays, really understanding the impacts the weather could have. You know, do you have the right uh, materials to, uh, you know, put salt down on the walkways or shovel the walkways? Do you have the right contracts in place? What happens if you have a redundant you know, what happens if your security administrator is out because he got the flu or sickness or whatnot or or is unable to get into the office a certain day? How are you going to respond to an incident that is going to untimely occur at that same point in time? So how are you going to do those things? Are those plans and preparedness activities in place already? Uh, and if not, now is the time you definitely need to be doing that. We've been had some great weather now, but it is going to start turning uh, especially as we get into December and the New Year. So my second round topic there is quite simply being prepared for the wet winter weather uh, or the summer weather. Make sure you have your sunscreen on and protect against heat stroke uh, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere. But for the rest of us in the, in the Northern Hemisphere, make sure you're doing your winter weather preparedness. So that's the topic there. Bridget, where are you going to go with your second topic? I'm going to go back to protests. Um, okay. Just, you know, they can pop up in some of the most 
unusual places that you wouldn't think of. Um, and we've seen in recent weeks, you know, I'm thinking weekend before last, that incident in Thousand Oaks, California, um, even if they're really small, you know, even if they're just, you know, on a street corner. Um, and we, we saw um, that uh, Jewish gentleman, Paul Kessler, get whacked in the face with a megaphone, fall back, hit his head, and he unfortunately died. Um, and you look at, you know, people being shaken that there hasn't been an arrest yet in his death. And you look that people also might be motivated by the fact that there's been no arrest in his death. Um, so, you know, as we move in towards, you know, the time where it's going to be, you know, more crowded out there and, um, you know, things might, emotions might boil over more. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely important to not um, assume that just the big protests can get out of hand. Yeah, that's a great one. I do expect a lot of that's going to continue, especially even in the colder temperatures. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more activity. And again, I think as, especially as, as tensions escalate or an activities escalate, I think we may see some escalation beyond the borders uh, into some other parts of the world for sure. Um, it's definitely a good one for sure, uh, Bridget. So Joe, what about you? Second round topic here. I'm going to go back to... Uh venues uh whether you're a public assembly venue or the shopping mall doesn't matter um as we as you look at your emergency preparedness plans especially when it comes to announcements uh and visuals you know a lot of the, a lot of venues now have the ability to take over their their video uh presentation and led screens to like say there's an evacuation or shelter in place um but do you consider the the multiple languages that are likely to be spoken in your particular area especially if you're in a high tourist area um, no, you, you know, you can't put 50 languages up there, uh, but maybe you can put up a bunch, you know, Spanish, German, Russian, French, whatever the most common languages that might uh, be in your venue, because especially as we pre-record these, they tend to be calm, cool and collected, so you know, instead of panic. So if I'm in the mall and I hear calm message in another language, I may not know what it is trying to tell me to do. And if people start running, I might be running for the wrong reason, running in the wrong direction, et cetera. So think about how you're communicating to people who may not speak uh, English or be able to read English. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great. I think what you notice as we've gotten the, through these two rounds, preparedness, 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 thinking through and being mindful, uh, making sure that you you as an individual and then you as a larger organization are doing the right due diligence through these steps. And I think it's a really uh, important element as we get into these various stages. Look, we just can't, I, I think I, I, Joe or Bridget, I, one of you coined it many, many podcasts ago, um, <laughs> just about really uh, having that situational awareness everywhere you go and everything you do. And again, it's not so that you're, you know, being spooky or, or, or being overly fearful of things. It's just so that you can anticipate and be prepared. Should something occur, you know what you're going through and that you have the right mechanisms in place that you can then respond accordingly without acting panicked and being overwhelmed with what's happening at the moment. And, and I think those are the things that you need to go through. And it's talking through your uh, with your with your family members and co-workers as well. It's really great. And, and I will just end on this thing and then we'll get into our fun topic here. But, you know, ready.org has great number of resources, not just for organizations, but for families and individuals 
to go through and making sure that they have they have stuff on how to build disaster kits, on how to respond to incidents and how, you know, from the organization to the individual. And I think those are really great websites. CISA's put out a lot of really great information of late. You know, weather, uh, uh, weather sites have done a lot. NOAA has some great winter weather preparedness stuff. So there's a lot of great resources out there. You don't need to just do it alone and figure it out on your own. Check out those resources and kind of go from there. So with that, that's two rounds that we did some quick hits on, on some good preparedness activities. Bridget, Joe, anything you want to end on before we get into the fun festivities part? Um, yeah, I would tag on to kind of what you're saying is that uh, you can't, pre you know, well, predictable is preventable, but you can't sort of plan for every possible thing. So, you know, focus on sort of more of an all hazards approach, right? You, you don't have to plan for 10 different types of evacuations. It could be one type of evacuation that any number of things could, uh, you know, cause you to implement. So all hazards is the way to go. And I, I will confess that I always wear Nikes out to like a big box store or the grocery store just in case there's a mass shooting. I want to be mobile. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the, the point is to just um, assess your comfort level and combine that with situational awareness and say, um, you know, what am I comfortable doing in this season? How am I, how, what, what steps can I take? to be more aware, to be more comfortable, to be more confident, um, and to just, you know, not let the threats overwhelm your season. Well, very good way to end on and, and let it be known that terrorism and extremist expert Bridget Johnson wears Nike. We are, open, <laughs> we are open to advertising. So Nike, if you want to join in here, we're happy to oblige by that. So uh, no pressure. Let's do it. <laughs> We'll, we'll I, I will wear a Nike. I will wear any free pair of shoes. Nike wants to <laughs> any of us. Size 10 and a half or 11, whichever you. Yeah. Our rep, our representatives will be reaching out shortly. <laughs> um, very good. All right. Well, as always, your, your expertise and professionalism is top notch, Joe and Bridget. So we really appreciate that. So let's get into a little fun of the festivities. This is what I really enjoy. We've been doing this now for several years. I, I can't even count how many years we've been doing podcasts, but every November we do a little fun uh, parts for the holidays. And this is not, you know, holiday specific. A lot of people celebrate different areas of the next couple months. But what we do celebrate with a lot of times is food and drinks and desserts. <clears throat> and so with that in mind, because we get overloaded with all these, we want to we kind of do our own little draft of what, what foods and drinks we go to most during this time of year. So the rules are simple. We have, I think, five topics, four topics we'll go through. And we'll ask each of us, what is their favorite one for this season? And if you want to throw a little tagline story into it, it's always fun to do. But any questions before we get into this part? Now let's eat. No, I'm, <laughs> right, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to want to eat after this. Okay. So with every good meal, you start off with a little appetizer or a snack or a dip or something before the main course comes out. Where are you guys going for your, your I don't want to say where are you going? What is your go-to appetizer? Uh, we'll go reverse course this time, Bridget. All right, so we'll start with Joe. Um, I think this year we're going to do a, a nice little crudite. We're just going to have a bunch of vegetables cut up and maybe some, you know, cheeses and, you yeah. know, delicate meats. 
to get us going. There's, I, as, if anybody who's listened to this podcast for a long time knows that Thanksgiving is my favorite. So uh, if I if I don't put on five or six pounds <laughs> for uh, next Thursday, it will be a complete total failure. So <laughs> very good, very good. The good start, good start, Joe. What about you, Bridget? Um, so you know it's getting kind of chilly outside, so that has has been kind of gravitating toward the thought of hot dips Ooh, with like yeah. crostini. You know, thinking along the lines of like garlic and Asiago or spinach artichoke or like a nice hatch chili, you know, some sort of nice hot dip that's all bubbly coming out of the oven and has some nice toasty, buttery crostini to go with it. God, it's yeah, that spinach artichoke. <laughs> I, yeah, my mouth's watering. That sounds cool. <laughs> this is, this is, Whose idea was this? This was awful. This is, this is a bad idea. Okay, so I'm going to go with mine, and I, I'm going to go with a little bit of the same. You guys have mentioned both of these things. I love a little – I love, like, the, just the platter of just various types of the dips, whether that's a beer cheese dip or something. You could get a little pretzels in there. You could get a little bread in there. I also love the little charcuterie. Where, look, if you put cheese and meats on – like, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm done – the hard part is stopping once I start and because I know I've got the rest of the meal. So that's, that's hard for me. And then Bridget, the, the hot dips. I, I mean, I, it, it's hard to go wrong with these type of things. So I'm going to go with the, uh, the beer cheese dip. I do enjoy that a lot. It's not typically a Thanksgiving thing, but I do enjoy that. And when it comes out, I, I'm i I'm a sucker for that. So, all right. So that's the, that's first one. As we go there, now moving to the side dish. Where where are we going with the side dish, Joe? Uh, we got a lot of carbs this year. We're going to definitely go mashed potatoes, um, you know, with like probably lots of butter, cream, uh, and like a, a nice uh, baked mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. uh, but really the side dish I'm most uh, looking forward to this year, we're going to do a uh, like a glazed uh, Brussels sprout, uh, roasted, yeah, glazed roasted Brussels sprout. Um, that come out and it's just like the outer shell is just crunchy and it's really even if you don't like brussels sprouts look it up throw it in there i promise you'll 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 enjoy it yeah uh, i can attest to that i hate brussels sprouts but except for this time of year when you bake it with all the other fatty stuff yeah. and you just throw it all in there oh it's so good that that is that's a good one uh very well well done joe what about you bridget I think I mentioned on previous um, podcasts this year that um, I've been learning how to cook this year. And, and I'm very proud to announce that um, I finally learned how to make like total dupe restaurant ranch. Um, so, I mean, salad is going to be up there for like, <laughs> for like, for like my, my main one. Cause I've just been doing, it's just, you know, get some greens and maybe some manzanilla olives and, red onion and then like the rosemary croissant croutons from trader joe's and just throw it on there with ranch and the 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 the, the trick by the way okay so you take the hidden valley packet but then you do um a cup of mayo half cup of sour cream half cup of milk teaspoon of garlic and teaspoon of chives and you mix it all together and and so that's just like that's that's the hack <laughs> <laughs> are, are you, have you made this already or are you gonna yes yes oh. it tastes just like restaurant ranch it's oh amazing yeah. all right I'm, I'm gonna have to check that out that sounds like it's a pretty easy hack to get into maybe yeah. i can even maybe i can even get to that one um 
All right, that's a good one. You look, you can't go wrong with ranch, whether it goes on salad or you use it as a dipper thing. I mean, come on. I mean, it'd be great. All right, so I'm going to go with sides. Look, there's a lot of great stuff around this time of year. Green bean, like green bean casserole. Uh, my mother-in-law makes a, a sea, well, she used to make a seafood casserole. And then she just all of a sudden stopped it. It like caused anarchy in the house one year. Uh, like she just decided she wasn't going to do it. There's like a corn casserole. I'm going to go with my dad's famous uh, stuffing. It's real simple. He says it's, it doesn't take much, but I can tell you, like, I will eat that on anything. Like, it, afterwards, I will put it between two slices of bread. I will do whatever. This this stuffing is so, and it's not stuffing like, you know, with, with like the croutons. Up. I mean, this is like potato stuff. It's a mix. It's a, it's It's great. So I'm going with my dad's stuffing. Uh, I have the recipe. I've been reluctant to try it myself um, because it could diffuse my entire youth growing up, but uh, I, I may have to try that one. So, all right. So there, that, there's, that, there's, that there's, with, is that with gravy poured on top? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's definitely okay. going to be gravy. <laughs> there's definitely going to be gravy. Um, all right. So we've got our uh, appetizer, we've got our side dish. Where are we going with the main dish? What are you looking forward most during the holidays for a main dish, Joe? Oh, turkey. I'm, I, when it comes to this, I'm a purist. Although I do like to come up with a different uh, uh, recipe or you know prepare each year. But uh, last uh, last couple of years, I was doing like the spatchcock bird uh, with a brine, you know, 24 hour brine. Oh yeah, I liked it. But last year, I did this uh, dry rub where I actually kept it in the refrigerator for about four days uncovered. Much to the horror of everyone who opened up the refrigerator <laughs> and saw this flayed bird just open, you know, it was, I, I was a little freaked out by myself, but oh my God, it cooked so quickly and it was so juicy and so tasty. Um, I, I may not be able to go back to any other recipe for quite some time. Do you, do you deep fry it? Uh, no, so in the it? oven, just as about you, you spatchcock the bird and you open, open it up and you just lay it right on the, the, the rack. With uh, and you could put a bunch of your stuffing and things underneath okay. it so that the juices drip down and bake in the oh it's just so so good. I'm, so, I'm coming to your sure. place, Joe. I, Come I, I on, like that yeah. everything you've got. I'm coming to your place. We're, 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 we'll set a place for you. Okay, so speaking of deep frying turkey, as a security reminder, everybody, make sure you're doing it properly and you're not <laughs> burning down your house. Okay, see, I worked in security there. So that see how I did that. that <laughs> Um, all right, Bridget, where are you going for your main dish? You know, I was looking at the the supermarket ad today and it's just like, um, yeah, you know, turkey was like the first thing, but then like right under it, it had like uh, beef rib roast for $6.99 a pound. And there was a picture of just like this perfectly, you know, medium rare, like cut piece of beef with like the, you know, kind of crispy edges around it. And I'm just like, maybe that would be better. <laughs> Oh my god, that, that does sound good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So get some potatoes with that and ranch. <laughs> ranch. That's, that's quite a lineup you got going already. Um that uh, you have you definitely you have to if you do that, Bridget, you have to come back and report on how good it was. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go the same thing. I'm going to go with Joe on turkey uh, just because I don't eat turkey much during the year. You know, it's not something I, you know, seek out for I'm mostly chicken and beef for, for the most part. Um, but um, but but I but this time of year, I don't know if it's the season or what, but <clears throat> the turkey definitely makes it sound 
um, make, makes its appearance well felt and and lives long in the uh, in the leftover category. So, all right. So we get through the main dish dessert. What's your favorite dessert, Joe? Um, I think this year uh, it might be a, a pecan pie. You know, I, I do. I'm a purist though, so I can go for the pumpkin pie or the apple pie. But my uh, my youngest, uh, she's a mean little baker, so she'll make a <laughs> pecan pie. I think so, uh, which I think takes like 12 pounds of sugar. Uh, per slice is if I, if the last time I, I counted what she was putting in there. It's <laughs> nice. so good. It's so good. Oh, very that does sound delicious. What about you, Bridget? So I have this little new contraption to try out. It's called a mini pie maker. And so it's like um if if you think of like um think of like like one of those sandwich makers that like closes on a hinge. You know, mm. except this one's kind of more round and it has, you know, so it's concave and like the bottom and the t and, you know, a little bit flatter on the top. But you're supposed to like press like some pie crust in the bottom then put some filling in then like put the little sheet on top and then like, you know, cut a couple slices and like the top and then just like put the lid down and like iron it for like <laughs> six or eight minutes or so. And you're supposed to get like these perfect little like four inch pies. So I've got some some filling to try it out. I got got like strawberry and peach filling. Um, so we'll see how it turns out. Well, you can never go wrong trying out pies. That, that sounds like an awful thing. Like, oh, I got to try these out. This is <laughs> awful. Yeah, no, that's Seems good. like I'm an gonna... awful lot of a burden for just, you know, for just a couple of people. I think, uh, Dave, you and I should go to Bridget's and help yeah, her. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. the least we could do. <laughs> knock knock here we go <laughs> come try the pie iron <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna stay on the pie theme a chocolate chest pie my wife makes a great chocolate chest pie it's just it's just wonderful it always is this time of year so it has a lot of special memory and uh in good times for me so uh, nothing like a little chocolate chest with some whipped cream uh almost have as much whipped cream as i have of the chocolate <laughs> so what, what is a chest pie I, 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 you, I can't explain it other than it's just, you know, just a regular pie. And then it's like a chocolate filling. It's a little bit firmer than a pudding. Um, and then it looks like a chessboard or like, no, 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 it's just regular. No, no, no. Oh, I was, um, I was thinking like a big checkered, like <laughs> white chocolate, dark chocolate alternating. Yeah. It's just, it's just a good, it's really just a good chocolate pie. Um, and it, you bake it and then it firms up and, and you can uh, pretty much just eat it. It doesn't droop or anything like that. It's just, it's, it's soft. Is it like, like almost brownie like, or no, like more cake like or pie? No, I wouldn't say, I, I would, I wouldn't say it's like that. I, I, I'll have to, I'll have to do some research and get back to you. I'll, uh, I'll video it and send it to you guys when it's all done. <laughs> I was actually going like to suggest I that Bridget and I actually come to your place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We need to investigate this. <laughs> exactly. There's exactly. a whole lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really All hungry right. right now. Can you can you tell I'm like coming to everybody's house and I, I we know we're gonna make rounds. Hey, we'll do a special in-person nerd out. You know, we can do it like that. We're enjoying yeah. everybody's food. Oh, that would be fun. <clears throat> All right. So let's wrap this one up with uh, a favorite drink. Anything that you go to for your drink. We know Bridget built a bar this year. <laughs> Uh, in, her, in her place Jill this is the point where everybody comes to my house <laughs> i i'm a bourbon man uh so i this year I, i've tried to, to smoke uh you know a, 
a glass of bourbon just to you know see but I, I i haven't found the right bourbon to smoke right so i think that was going to be a little experimentation uh next week to see maybe a couple of different brands like a basil hayden i actually have don't ask me how i think i took a small loan out to get it but i have a bottle of colonel taylor's for you bourbon drinkers out there you know that's a pricey bottle but i'm going to try a, a little bit of a smoking some colonel taylor's and see how she tastes I will share my story here in a, in a minute, but uh, the smoking is very interesting. I've, I have not quite re gotten to that level yet, but I, 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 I'm intrigued by it for sure. It's definitely, so, it definitely changes the flavor profile. That's for sure. So, you yeah. know, some complimentary, not and so, so far what I've done, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Very good. Bridget, what's, what's your go-to drink? Well, so you guys know I have that big, you know, cute collection of tiny bottles um of booze and like this year i even went over to maryland to like supplement with like because virginia has weird alcohol laws you can only like you know buy it from like the state-run mafia liquor stores so you have to go over to like maryland to get like you know cool different stuff so i put a lot of thought into this and what i'm thinking is um like a spiked hot cocoa and that can either be with like maybe like rumple mints to give a little minty shot um you could do some chocolate vodka, um, you know, just peppermint schnapps, you know, different, different little things. And one of the things that I got this year too is um, spiked whipped cream Ooh. called whip shots. <laughs> so you could actually spike the hot cocoa and then finish it with the spiked whipped cream. That, that that's quite the elaborate routine there that's i like it you, know, got, look, you guys are possibilities I, you look we got smoking and we got spiked whipped cream i'm just gonna <laughs> go with the standard old-fashioned i've just started drinking old fashions this year that's been my thing i i didn't think i was gonna like it and i was like well you know what and i'm gonna make it my my own and so uh i've enjoyed that and so i'm gonna enjoy that this year um I had, um, when I was in Florida, they had a great distillery there in St. Augustine. So I had a bottle I was working off of there. That bottle is almost out. So I'm going to have to get myself a North Carolina um, uh, favorite bourbon or whiskey. You know, I'm just going to have to get one of those for me to, to go through and and that'll be fun. So, well, that, look, that was great. It, it, look, any anything that I missed? Are you looking forward to something that we may not have covered? Any, any catch-alls there, anybody? couple of games I think will be on next, uh, yeah, next week. Right? Niners. Be, <laughs> I don't want to talk to Niners, especially after they <laughs> destroyed my Cowboys. But we destroyed the Giants twice, so sorry about that. Uh, uh, so, sorry, Joe. Did you just hear? I think somebody just called my name. I think I've got to. <laughs> With that, I think we need to wrap up the podcast. <laughs> so um all right uh so we're at the end of the uh show we're here let's putting this all down together let's just uh do a little plug or promote anything you guys want to plug or promote on your end bridget start with you anything you got you got to share um nothing to, to 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 plug or promote here just um wishing everybody a very safe thanksgiving season you know it's it might be a little crazy out there so just uh eat well and take care of each other very good. What about you, Joe? Uh, yeah, the uh, registration for uh, this coming year's Academy for Venue Safety and Security through IVM will be opening up soon. There's a pre-registration link. I think that's if it's not live, it's about to go live on the website, iavm.org. 
uh, if you want to get on the list to know exactly when we open up, uh, like always, uh, registration is limited. Uh, our attendance is limited. So we uh, recommend you uh, register early. Uh, this year, we're going to be in New Orleans. So it'll be a fun time. So uh, check out and register for AVSS. You guys go to all the fun places. Weren't you in Las Vegas a little while ago? Uh, two years ago. Yeah, last year we were in Pittsburgh. Um, but yeah, we, we, we tend to travel around a little bit with the school to help you know make different parts of the country. Uh, so yeah, so if you're in that area or you want an excuse to come down to New Orleans, then uh, yeah, register and uh, see you with, uh, see you there. And this will be a good time to plug a new podcast we'll be doing at Gate 15 with IAVM. Uh, we'll be uh, starting in January. So we'll be doing a, a fun new podcast uh, talking about venue security and a lot of other things there. So looking forward to that. But just as a reminder, you can always check out this podcast and all the other Gate 15 podcasts in the Gate 15 channel. You got Andy Jabor's Gate 15 interview. We got the weekly security sprint that Andy and I go through, and occasionally we'll bring in Jen, Jennifer Lynn Walker into that. And then in, in January, we'll have the new podcast. So with that, we will wrap up this fun, festive holiday uh, extravaganza, and I will bid you all adieu.